This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Let me welcome in someone before I do, though. Um, let me welcome him in, and then we're going to talk. He is uh, a renaissance man of sorts, you know. He's uh, Yeah, yeah. He's, he's involved in a lot of things. I originally had him on to talk business, but he's also involved in, in preserving the stories of our, our ancestors who uh, dared to be free, who ran away from enslavement. He's working on that. That's a tech project. He's heavily in, involved in the stock market and business, and he wants everybody to – uh, you know, live their best lives too. So he's living his. And uh, let me welcome him to the show, Mr. Bill Perkins. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. It's great to be back. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, I invited you in because there were some things happening, right? So I had the story that I held on to from last week. And uh, first story, Basquiat. A Basquiat sold for $85 million, Japanese e-commerce billionaire. I'm just going to say e-commerce billionaire, uh, Yusaka uh, Mazawa, he sold his Jean-Michel Basquiat painting for $85 million, which included fees at the Phillips Auction House in New York last Tuesday. And um, this is amazing because, of course, Basquiat didn't make it. He lived and died at 27, age 27. In death, he is uh, so much more popular, unfortunately. And this painting eight feet tall, 16 feet wide. It's untitled. It was among Basquiat's most monumental works and was completed in 1982, which was a turning point in his career. Um, Mazawa had purchased the painting in 2016 for 57 million. So he uh, earned 28 million more dollars in this painting, just holding on to it for just six years right and uh he broke his own record <laughs> a year later uh he had a basquiat painting that sold for 110.5 million he bought one in 1982 and um and this was the most expensive and uh since warhol since the marilyn monroe warhol which was sold for 195 million uh to uh, larry go gagosian right and then there was an Ernie Barnes. So this I've been holding on to for a while. Ernie Barnes, those of you who watch Good Times, you remember J.J. was an artiste. And the art that was displayed on Good Times was all Ernie Barnes. And the most popular one, when you see the beginning of you Good Times, anytime you need a friend. You know, you see the um, <laughs> the painting. That is called Sugar Shack. It's also featured on Marvin Gaye's album, um, which is really powerful. Right. And so this actually sold uh, for fifteen point three million dollars at um, was it uh, Christie's? Christie's. And, and as I'm reading, it, it, it says the painting was acquired by Bill Perkins. I was like, what? Wait a minute. I know him. Did you buy yes, you the Sugar Shack? Did you buy that, sir? I, guilty as charged. I oh, my buy. God. I am so impressed. I'm so impressed. So that of all the things you've done, I'm like, Bill Perkins is a real one. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I was really in love with that painting um, for, for, for a long time uh, since I got an art. And it, it's not just the, the, you know, when you collect the art, you, the artists, you know, they observe their world, stuff goes in their brain and it comes out in interesting ways. And then you get to see the narrative that he's painting, you know, from the times he grew up and the things he experienced and tell that kind of American, black American narrative that's going on there. But it's also... 
the cultural attachment to it. You know, sometimes when you hear a song, like if I hear Give Me the Night by George Benson, I'm immediately back on Emory Street in Jersey City, New Jersey. You know, first girlfriends and the thoughts and the feelings, et cetera. So when I see this painting, it takes me back, you know, to the shows I've seen, you know, good times, of course, uh, Marvin Gaye's album is a version it's on. And so not only did it have this artistic value to me, it had this very sentimental value. And the fact that I am part of the crop of uh, African-Americans that can actually buy the painting, like can do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's probable where it was like improbable, uh, you know, not too long ago. So it just, it, it was just something that I had to have when I heard it was coming up for auction. So I wanted to bring you on, not to talk about, first of all, congratulations. Um, uh, where, where should I ask, where is it? Dis are you displaying it somewhere or do you have it in cold storage? No, no it's not in cold storage. Um, so it's going to, I've loaned it to the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston so everybody can enjoy the I painting. I love that. Look at it for six months before I get to wake up and see it every day. But, uh, you know. I want people to enjoy it. And I think, you know, I, I had reams of people just DMing and congratulations, but, you know, I love that painting and their connection to it and, you know, their story and, and what, what they thought about it. And I thought, you know, it, it would be great for people to see it and just kind of strike up that memory dividend and, 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 and look at this painting. So, okay. Uh, Bill Perkins is here. Dividend. Couple of reasons why, you know, I did the Basquiat um, and then Ernie Barnes, and I was gonna, and I'm so glad I held this story because I was gonna talk about it. And then when I when I went back in and I saw your name, I was like, this is perfect because I've been talking a lot on these airwaves about black value, about value, about power, about right. today's primary day, you know, elections, you know, running right. for office and voting power. You had the power, uh, first of all. Ernie Barnes, that painting was supposed to go, for it, the opening bid was 200000 It wasn't supposed to get that much money. Christie's wasn't planning for it to get that much money. It wasn't even thought about to get, even though you and I believed it, you know, I know that's iconic. Right. What was the amount that you thought that you were going to get it at? Uh, well, I mean, he here's the deal. Like, there's a lot of bias in the market, right? And biases in markets create... Uh, things that are overvalued and undervalued. You, you know, you see bubbles in the stock market, you see housing bubbles, you see certain sections of town that are underinvested in and all of a sudden people come running in, right? And since biases don't last forever, but they can last a long time, right? You have distortions in markets. And so with black artists, uh, particularly, American art globally is kind of like, eh, second down. And then you have African-American art or narratives or artists that are also kind of biased against the 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 price point to collect is very cheap right and so if you want to hang like some wonderful stuff on your wall and collect and be part of that and you're a collector you know as a collector i just get the plunder i'm living i'm buying things cheap you know what i mean like i'm gonna die and it's gonna go to somebody else but the cost for me to own it is a lot cheaper than somebody owning a, a monet a Cezanne, or some other cultural piece by some or, or jackson pollock etc and you know, you what, don't have to be an what, what, art wait, scholar. Sit, wait, sit there for a second, because I've always contended, like, what makes a Monet valuable or, or a Fabergé egg? It's that 
people have determined that. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. That was marketing. Diamonds yep. aren't the most precious of all of the stones. It's probably one of the least precious. But yet somebody, a mar- great marketer, made it a ring for engagement and, and it symbolizes love and it is purity and it's all of these things. But that's not necessarily true, right? So so we're in a, in a space right now where we get to determine. And if, if I believe black energy has told you what's sexy, what's what's popular, what the best dance moves are, the singing and all. Why not art? And watching that Basquiat go for that much and then Sugar Shack, which went 27 times higher than what the previous sale was, tells me that there's a shift in the marketplace where we now can determine the way previous generations determined that Monet or Cezanne or go Van Gogh. You know what I'm saying, Bill Perkins? You're preaching to the choir, and I'm going to let you in on a little secret that 27 times the previous high the previous high, I said it. I bought that piece too. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> I love but, it. so, but, but you're right because the role of the art collector uh, is to send a signal to the market and to future generations what is worth preserving, right? That's what you see in the museums today or what people collected 150, 100, 200,000 years ago, right? Like what the church commissioned or what the wealthy wealthy of the day commissioned on what artists they chose to represent or what artists they uh, they patronize. And so, you know, there are collectors out there where we're out there, we're collecting art and we're saying, hey, this is worthy. These stories, this style, this narrative, this this person and this timeline in the realm, if art is valuable, you know, everything's relative, then these stories, these narratives, these paintings are valuable. And so, not only is it valuable to me from a personal standpoint, but valuable to me to transmit into future generations. Like when I'm long dead and it's 500 years, that Barnes is hang- hanging in a me- you know a museum somewhere because they're like, oh, th- these guys were buying this. This is what they were collecting. This is what they wanted to preserve. These are the stories we're here. And so, you know, that bias may uh, last my lifetime. It may not. It may. This may be a watershed moment. This may not be a watershed moment. But eventually. Since bias is based on what I, what I'll call a falsehood or or something that's false, it eventually crumbles, right? And then the values start to equilibrate, right? Like if you if you're if it's a housing bubble and it's based on a falsehood, eventually it's going to crash, right? If there's this kind of bias against African American narratives, et cetera, maybe you know people are so biased they don't want to confront what happened, or et cetera. They you know there's a lot of bad info, like you don't want to collect that or or bias. Eventually that will fade away. It would be nice if it faded away tomorrow, but it, it's probably not. But it, it, it would eventually fade away, and then those values will go to what, what they need to be relative to in, in the art in that art world in that sphere. Bill Perkins, hedge fund manager, and thumb. I'm, I'm gonna say you put your thumb on the scale, sir. You're putting your thumb on the scale, which is what I think is required of anybody in a position that you're in to be able to do that. I think we we. We do ourselves a disservice if if you've been gifted and blessed to have the means to be able to do these things and you don't change the paradigm or change the the direction because you can you with one painting you've changed the direction. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's a it's definitely a signal. It definitely reset the Barnes market. And and one of the things you want to do um, is you want to get other people interested and, and aware, right? Like the funny thing is, is in the auction house, right? There was a bunch of bidders, right? Because so I wait, wasn't wait, the only wait, before, one that, before you do that, let, walk, walk us through it. Cause I've never, 
I'm I'm lying. I've been to Christie's. 866-801-8255. Walk people through those. Maybe there's somebody in, you know, someplace uh, Oklahoma or someplace in the middle of California. They've never been to Christie's. They don't know. They've never been to an auction. What did you wear? What did you wear, Bill Perkins? So I, 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 I actually was going to go get dressed up, but I was running late and I was so nervous about missing it because I went to a bunch of galleries just to go look at art. I was so nervous about mess. I can't go back home and change. So I came, I had jeans. I actually had this sky fi t-shirt on, on a jacket. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm the hipster of the night. I'm the hipster of the night. Okay. So is it daytime or nighttime? It's nighttime. It's, nighttime. it's, it's, it's Chrissy's evening sale, which is okay. their big sale. So okay, wait, 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 walk, walk us through, walk us through. Hold on, hold on. All right. Before, because I've been to like car auctions where you can go in beforehand and say, I want this car. I don't even want it to go to auction. I'm going to make a deal. You can't do that with this. Okay. No, it's going to auction, and they have all these wonderful works on the wall that you can view them uh, as, a, you know, pieces that are going to auction. And here's, here's where things get a little, little, little uh, where I get nervous, because I was like, oh, I, I've been plundering the art world because I've been able to buy these works cheap because of the bias in the market. You know what I mean? I'm happy. Um, but I, I show up, there's this camera crew. And they're they're there with a camera crew and they're looking. And I I see the work and I tell my fiance, act like you know, just don't don't act excited when we see it. So we looked at it. We we, we bent over reading the, reading the note by Ernie Barnes, Sugar Shack, like we didn't know it. And the guy asked me, he goes, "Are you familiar with that work?" I'm like, "Of course I'm familiar with this work. It's blah blah blah." He goes, "Oh, we're doing a documentary on Ed Barnes." I'm like, "What? Now what? Now?" So in my head, I'm thinking, "Oh, people know what's up." <laughs> like people know what's up like this is gonna go for for a bigger price it was uh cootie who did the genius documentary on that's on netflix right now which i'm on i'm on part two and actually i was like i don't want to watch a documentary on kanye i it's awesome it's actually awesome i i highly recommend this documentary i've heard i've heard it's it's awesome I, um so then we go and sit there's two long tables of just brokers on phones. They're talking to people all over the world and the country to bid. Then there's this big giant screen where there's bidders from Hong Kong on there. So they have Hong Kong and they have a bunch of chairs where people are sitting on phones to bid on artwork. So, you know, a Monet comes up, they're bidding, blah, 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 58 million. Little golf, you know, the little golf clap, and you're just kind of in there, and people, there's a, lo- a row of press behind you. So there's kind of like just chairs where people are sitting, then these elevated tables where the brokers with phones are, the auctioneers in the front, and then back of you is a, a pretty packed pack press area with people with cameras and, and, and taking pictures, and, and it's kind of it's surreal, and they give you the paddles, you know, what's your number? I checked in, got my paddle. What, what number did you get? I had 653. I'm never going to forget that. Okay. All right. So you're sitting there with your. With I'm sitting in my paddle and I'm waiting because I'm only there for the Ed Barnes. But I saw some works and I thought, I'm nervous. I don't want to bid on this because then maybe what if I don't have money to buy the Barnes? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, the, so but, but you know, the opening bid is 200,000. I know the opening bid is 200,000, but we talked about this. So Chrissy's, they're good at what they do. Okay. They, they knew they were going to create by making it so low. They were going to get people excited about it. They, they, the works, the evening sale are for works designed to go over a million or plus. Like this is the biggest auction night 
of the year for Christie's, this, this sale. And it's in between a Cezanne and a, the, the painting of Washington Cross into Delaware. And before that was, a, was, I think, a Picasso bust head that went for 50-something million dollars. So it was like, oh, wait, this is 152. Like, something doesn't add up, right? Like, they, they knew what was up. And then when they, everybody's pretty quiet and calm, right? It's a little reserved, you know, against you, sir. No, no, no. 58 million bid. Do I hear 58 too? You know, it's very, very calm. So they're not doing it like, uh, you know, da, 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 da. they're not doing it it's really not fast. Like it's places where everybody's yelling and creating. Right. No, no, it's right. not like a farm auction where it's like, you know what I mean? It's very sophisticated. And so, uh, so it gets to the Barnes and he announces that there's 22 bidders are waiting to bid on this thing. I'm like, my plans have gone out the window of thinking I'm going to get this thing cheap. Like I, I just thought, okay, this is going to go for like two to 4 million because all of these people and it, it was just chaos. Like it just started off chaos and people and you know, it was just going fast. And so it reminded me of being in a trade on the floor. I just shouted out 500,000. It was 600,000, 2 million. Right. And then it just kept going. And then finally there were, it narrowed down to like three or four, and then there were two. It was myself and this other bidder, which was a art advisor with his customer on the phone, which, which serendipitously, he was just two rows in front of me. And we kept going back and forth. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, like who, who? Who but you know who wants this as, as bad as I do? And I thought, well, maybe it's a museum, but museums usually tap out, right? They have a budget and mm -hmm. then they're done. Right. right? But they, they wouldn't go. Did you ever find out who it was? It was probably no, Beyonce. I do not. I, there, there's been a lot of speculation. Um they, they think it was Madeline, uh, I forget her last name, but she's married to George Lucas. His wife, oh, oh no, her name's not Madeline. Um, um, her name is, oh my gosh, I see her. It begins with an M. She yeah. is, come on, Twitter. Oh my goodness. All right, hold on, hold on. Oh my goodness. She's, she's a brilliant, uh, Melody Hobson. Thank you. Melody Smith. Hobson, correct. Melody correct. Hobson. Yes, yeah, she's brilliant. She's a brilliant uh, person too. She, yeah. before, before Lucas, she came right. in with all of that. Yes. Um, yes. Interesting. And so there was, but then I've also heard uh, Larry Tyler. Okay. Uh, on, uh, and, and then, and then I've become very suspicious given that Cootie did the Kanye documentary. Kanye commissioned Ed Barnes to do a cover on his album and is actually in the documentary. I've, I have to, I've been starting to get suspicious that it was Kanye West. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's okay. a conspiracy theory. But uh, I love but it. But you it won. Wait, so back up. Bill Parkins is here. And I'm loving this because for us, as as people who are descendants of commodities, people who whose literal ancestors were valued on an auction block, right, based on their abilities, not just because they could work, but we had skilled carpenters, wet, wet nurses and all of these things bid on on an auction block for you to sit in Christie's to bid on something that put value into the world forever is so powerful. Did you have a number? And I'm glad that you're walking through it because we, we need to understand this world because we live in a world where everything is artificially inflated, like you just mentioned. The stock market right now is crazy. You know, we all know what that is, right? Bill, we all know what that is. We're going to sit and wait this wait this out while they finish 
doing what they do. Right. We know that the economy is, we were in a recession, we got inflation, we got a lot of things, but a lot of us is an illusion. And it's our anxiety and our fear that makes it drive to wherever it's going to go. So we have to be the ones that have the steady hands. What was your number? Did you go over the number that you? Oh, I, I went over. I went over three <laughs> numbers that night. <laughs> I but you were determined with, that you were going to get it no matter what. I just I sat there. I took a pause during the bidding and I thought to myself, I says, how am I going to feel if I walk out of here and I don't have the painting? And I just I, I am I going to be OK with that? And then every time I thought about that, whatever number, I just kept going hot, higher. And then, I, then, and sometimes I was thinking, well, if I need to, I can sell this and maybe get some more money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, it was going through numbers, but I really, really um, believe uh, in the fact that, like, you don't have to be uh, an avionics specialist to know that a G650 is worth more than a paper plane. You don't have to be an automobile expert to know that a Rolls Royce Phantom is worth more than a Kia Sonata, right? Like, you know, you, 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 you could just, you could just, you just know these things, right? Like, so I, I said, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I can use a sledgehammer. I don't need to use tweezers. I know this work is undervalued no matter what I pay here tonight. Mm. Now, whether, whether the world will recognize that in my t- lifetime, that's another thing, but I know like, Without being an art scholar, without being anything, this is extremely under undervalued. And and the whole and the whole the whole the 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 great artists that are there, the John Biggers, the 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 Charles Whites, and et cetera, those are woefully up. Bill Trailer, the first look, this guy was born a slave, started in slave so, in slavery, eighteen fifty three, paid in it in nineteen thirty, self taught, and like like that's like the origin of black art. Like you can't go into the black hole of slavery and get a painting by somebody that says slaves taking a break by the pond. You know what I mean? Like you can get a Monet like that, right? Ice skating slaves during the winter in the so-and-so like you don't have that because that was not allowed, right? Like didn't, you didn't have, you didn't have the ability to have artistic expression that was preserved right like you had dance or song that could be brought down but like it's not like people were buying you paint supplies and canvas like no that was that wasn't a thing and so it has built-in scarcity and has built-in narrative and meaning and it's such an american story it's like uniquely american you know and so i'm like i don't care i gotta have this piece plus i'm like attached to it as a kid like growing up watching you know good times and everybody is and marvin gaye's uh a Grammy nominated album. So I'm just like, if there's one piece I'm going to have, it's going to be this piece, you know, it's like kind of like, you know, a crowning achievement. So we kept going up. And um, one time the, the guy turned to me, which you don't do. And he goes like, I'm not going to stop. Right. <laughs> like basically I'm not going away. Like, like he goes, I'd be like six million, he'd be six and a half. You know, and I turned to him and I and he goes, I'm not going to stop. And I go, then I'm going to make you pay because you're not getting this cheap. Like, and listen, I've been plundering the art world just like you, you recognize value. You know, game recognize game, you get it. I know you recognize it, right? So, but I'm not letting you get away with this one cheap. Like this is not going at, at, at some low price. So we kept going. And I, I, I was at that point when he turned to, turned to me, I thought, okay, I'm gonna lose because <laughs> I'm out of my element. Like I never felt poor in my life inside of Christie's auction house, right? Like, you know, people are, 
picking up 78, $98 million paintings, $58 million, $58 million bus by Picasso, you know, and there's a lot of works, right? And so I thought, okay, he's going to get me. But then we got the 13 million and they shouted out unlucky number amount and I got it. And I was like, yes. Wow. So, so after did- buyer's premium taxes and all the other stuff, you're paying. 15.3 million dollars you know now do you <laughs> bill perkins is here he had he apparently had 15.3 million extra dollars sitting around because that that's like <laughs> extra know, dollar that's extra money for him um did you have to write a check just right there or how does that work well you have credit like you have an account with christie's um you have x amount of time to get the money so you borrow the money and then they they, they eventually you know how long do they give you that's a good question. But I can tell you that as soon as I got uh, home, I was like, get the money because I don't want to lose it. I don't want them right. to be like, you defaulted to go to the second better. You know what I mean? Right. He, he, or, or some he would... or some checks come in and your account falls below <laughs> $15.3 million. You're like, I don't have it anymore. I had it last night, but the, some checks came in. I was, uh, so, <laughs> I was so nervous. about Like, I did not phone bid because I was worried about the phone going down. Like, I went to New York specifically for this painting. Wow. Wow. It was, it, was, it was part of that. And it just feels good. Like, I, you know, it, it, to me, it's kind of absurd, you know, to be the person that could actually buy this painting and, and do this. But... Talk about that. Because um, I, you know, I had a really rousing conversation today with my um, business coach, my financial coach about intention and seeing seeing the world that you want to live in, but really seeing it inside your spirit so that it can manifest through your words and thoughts and everything. Is that, is that because, you know, Bill Perkins, I know your story, you know, your regular guy, you know, come through some things, been done some things, but to be sitting in a place to be able to uh, not just buy Ernie Barnes, but all of the other works and and put all and have all to have excess and abundance. Yeah. Yeah. Give us, give us some insight into that. I mean, I I think, you know, I've been very fortunate, but I think one of the, the biggest things I've been fortunate to do is believe. Um, and, and believe big, you know, I, I call it like a lot of people's like, what, if I didn't have that self delusion that I could do something like this, I would have never have tried. Now that doesn't guarantee me success, but it puts me in the arena, right? A lot of people will not step up to the plate to even take the swing. I'll go up there, take a bunch of swings. I'll strike out. I'll get buffed up. I'll, I'll fail, et cetera. And I'll just keep going. And the fact that, you know, it worked out. I was able to get to this point where I'm able to do something like that. It's just, it was just a, like a crowning achievement in my life. Like this is, I'm operating on a want basis at the highest level. You know, all of us, most people are born in America are operating on a want basis. We're not operating on the need basis. Like we, mm. we were operating on a want basis and some of us are operating on a higher level. And this is kind of like that the highest levels of want basis operating, you know, uh, like, you know, how, you know, dream is dream come true. It's dream, it's dream come true. You just, I, I used to think like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I could have that painting, you know? I, I, and here's a funny story. I call, I had called Eddie Murphy's assistant cause he has a copy of this that was done for the album. And they basically like, you know, go to hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, they didn't even, they didn't even want to call me back. Like I, I called text them again. They're like, all right, we'll get Wait, back Eddie you. Murphy has a copy of it. And Eddie, he didn't want to sell that to you. So there's two. So he he did this. Marvin Gaye saw it, went nuts, right? About this painting. And so he put a radio station 
banner in in the in it, and that is the one that's on Marvin Gaye's album. Eddie Murphy has that one, okay, and he he has another one. So there's two paintings. So there's thirty million dollars worth of value out there. Thirty point six. You know what I mean? Actually, it's two hundred million dollars if you do it by my value. But anyway, and I you know I tried to scoop it from Eddie Murphy and they wisely or you know just didn't even call me back they're like get out of here son you know like i love it i love it and and so i thought all right well maybe he'll think about it and come back and then my friend told me this one's coming up for auction and i was i just went i went nuts i actually almost started crying i told him tears are welling up in my eye uh about the fact that I, i can do this and then they you know the auction house goes nuts they're like, we've never seen anything like that. Like, it's usually calm and not, fro- not, not that much passion. And the whole room was staring at me, Hong Kong people, the phones, and they're, they're clapping at the end. And the, the director wants me, people take pictures and want to interview. And then, you know, Cootie's like, I want to talk to you. And they call his, uh, I think his daughter's on the phone. They're like, how do you feel? I had to take a stop because I, I had to, I had to like, take a break because I, I was going to, I was going to. I was going to cry, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I don't want to cry. You know, <laughs> you got the camera on me. There's a person on the phone trying to talk to me. I don't want to cry. And then um, it was very emotional for me. Very, so very. Emo- you, you single-handedly made everything from uh, the springboard to thunder uh, to, to, to the ones with the basketball to, to all of uh, head over heels. You've made all of Ernie Barnes now super valuable. I love that you did this. I love what you're doing. I'm in build mode. I'm in planning mode. You know, we've been talking about the 50-year, 100-year plan, Bill. And my goal is for everybody listening to my voice, first of all, to live their best lives. But we all live someplace, and I want our communities to thrive because they can. And that 400-year interruption called enslavement should not negate the thousands of years in our DNA that built civilization. So, like, come on. Let's go. Let's go. But I had a question for you. Mackenzie Scott's giving away, trying to give away all the money, and she can't because it keeps replenishing. It's like she's got this never-ending wealth. Um, do you see yourself that way? And and how do you replenish that? This is like the fifteen point three million. Is it already replenished? Like how do you how do you think about your money? I mean, I, I think that the money is there to fulfill me. Like I, I'm there not to fulfill money. Money's there to fulfill me. It's a tool. Uh, and part of my fulfillment is obviously the things that hedonistic things that I want, I want to experience, et cetera. But also part of my fulfillment is affecting change in the world. Um, so it could be charitable giving, uh, helping out relatives, you know, being the insurer of last resort, you know, everybody's got somebody relative that, you know, may not have their stuff together and need some help. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to, and so, so it could be, it, you know, and, and for me, that's finding that balance. You know, it's all, it's all about the balance. So I, I, don't, I don't see myself as like, oh, I'm all charitable. Oh, I'm always on a boat or doing something, you know, at the club or whatever. Um, I, I see myself, you know, multifaceted, multidimensional. Um, as far as, you know, you know my goal. You have me on here. I expect, I expect, I plan to use all my money, all my resources while I'm alive towards that fulfillment. So that means all that money will be used up towards charitable and hedonistic uh things you know and so that's that's the way it goes and you know i'm i'm a producer uh in terms just in the in the general sense that i I generally am able to make money um and so how are you making money right now the stock market sucks right which i think is an opportunity 
but yeah, I'm, a, I, I'm a commodities trader. I do some structured deals. Uh, I'm, I'm an investor. I do some weird things. I do some, you know, things that you'd be like, what the hell are you talking about trading commodities? But I, I trade energy. Um, I do uh, venture capital deals. I do structured energy deals. Like I've developed a solar field um, in Nevada. I've done battery placement deals. So I do a lot of, a lot of things, you know, I'm, I'm just, I happen to be born in a time period where my brain works well for this time period. You stick me back 400 years, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're gonna be like, we gonna have to take care of Bill Perkins. We have to take care of him because he's doing all this fancy stuff, and we really just need this mule to move the plow. You know, like that type of thing. So I don't know if I if I thrive in that area. I know I survive, but I don't know if I thrive. And I I thrive in this uh in in an area where it's you know, it's math and mental and business deals and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I, if I make more money, I will spend that money. I am, I'm not, I'm not here, not here to waste. I'm, I'm, uh, to me, money's like when your mom was like, Hey, don't waste the food in your plate. Right. They make you eat the food. I'm like, don't waste the money you earn. Make sure you spend that money and use it for your, for your life, for your fulfillment. So that's the way it's going to be for me. Now, does that, um, does that free you? Because I yeah. feel like that frees you because now you're not worried about yeah. the future. <laughs> in the same I way. mean, I mean, I, I'm, I, I know where I'm going, right? The, the, the destination is the grave, right? So you always have to enjoy the journey. And so I'm always focused on the journey. What, no matter how much I have, I'm like, how do I optimize and get the most out of it? So that's kind of where I'm at. And, you know, like the money doesn't disappear. Like somebody had a painting. I had the money. Now they got the money. I got the painting. I'm, we both happy. Like, <laughs> what's next? What's next for you uh, in terms of art or other things? Like, what what do you have your eye on? And maybe I'll see you at the yeah, next well, auction. I think like one of the things like because it, it it I did not expect it to turn out this way, but it's a happy coincidence. Like I've been I have a lot of interviews in just an art about why and what's going on. And one of the things you know I think um, telling also the black community like I had a lot of congratulations about. We're glad a black person got the piece of art. And I get what they're saying. They're saying, you made it, you got into this position, we're happy, we're proud. But, 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 if we're gonna value black art, the whole world has to value it. Mm-hmm. Nobody says in China, like, or France, like, oh, only a French person should own that. Or a French, you know what I mean? Like, no, the, honestly, a Hong Kong billionaire should own that painting, not me. Because, yeah, but you do you do know that there's a certain, like you said, a cultural connection that is special. Yeah. It's different it's that special. that a black man who understood what good times and Marvin Gaye means to us. Right, that would be great. But what would lift us up and and help offset the years of false propaganda about black narratives and black stories mm. is having foreign owners of these artworks appreciate them because when you it, people don't understand when you buy a piece of art. It's not like, oh, it's a pretty picture. You get into what is the artist saying? What is in the story? What was going on in his life at the time? Why did he paint this? What pain was he going through? Yada, yada, yada. So if this Barnes is painting, which is a painting of a uh, dance hall in the segregated South. And you know, one of the most interesting characters in that painting is like, everybody's having a good time. But if you look up on the balcony, there's this white dude with his arms folded, looking over everybody, right? And I'm like, well, what's up with him? You know what I mean? And so you get like, imagine in Hong Kong, they got this. They don't know about the segregated South. They don't know whatever. Like, but when the owner owns the painting and he's talking how proud he is and he's telling the history, 
they get the story. You know what I mean? That's how the word gets out. And that's how they value our art. And so as much as I appreciate and get, like, I value it, I recognize it, it's only going to be a $150 million painting when the Chinese and the French and the Russian billionaires mm. recognize it too. I so, love it. Like, like I would never come to your house. If you were having an auction for your house, like I want to respect black builders and black home builders, right? And I'm like, I want to support them. And you're like, I'm going to have an auction for my house. You would never say, I hope two people show up. You're like, what do you mean only two people show up? I need a thousand people show up. Well, that's what you're saying when you're only black people should own it. Like, right. oh, you want the right. whole world Golly. to value it. Thank you. I thank you. Because uh, I was thinking, oh, you just, you, you, you did something right here. Look, 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 look. You just you opened it. a you chakra. Me. You feel me right yeah, now. No, you I feel me. you. No, 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 no. You are, you are saying something because as we start to think, 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 and talk strategy, this has to be how we do that. And people get to see that done in real time. Exactly. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to put that out there. Like I had a, a, another African man, an artist, and he's like, you know what? I say that I'm never going to say that again. I totally get it. Oh, sorry. Okay. So anyway. I'm doing that. I'm doing it in the art place. I'm doing my business deals. I'm just trying to enjoy life. Well, I'm glad that you took a little bit of time out your busy schedule of enjoyment and other things to be with us. Bill Perkins, always a pleasure. We're going to stay in touch as always. 